Now to the increasingly fraught political situation in Pakistan. In early August, the most popular politician in the country, former Prime Minister and former Pakistan cricket captain Imran Khan, was sent to jail for three years on corruption charges and subsequently banned from running for office for five years, meaning he can't run in the national elections due now within three months. This week, an anti-terrorism court in Lahore cleared the way for more charges against Khan. Imran Khan became Prime Minister in 2018 with the backing of the country's military establishment. When his government was brought down after a vote of no confidence in April 2022, Khan blamed the military and also claimed America colluded in his downfall. To discuss the situation, we're joined now by Aisha Jalal, Mary Richardson Professor of History at Tufts University in the US and a renowned scholar of the dominant role of the military in the Pakistani state. Professor Jalal, thanks so much for joining us on Sunday extra. Well, thank you. It's good to Could be you give you. us your view of the rise and fall of Imran Khan in Pakistani politics through that all-important lens of the military's dominant power? Well, um, the military, of course, uh, has always been responsible for those who emerge um, uh, to, to seize uh, or to take over s- uh, state power. I mean, this is not the first time uh, that uh, a candidate has been selected, a party, uh, and 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 then he's been helped uh, build up his party. Uh, this happened with uh, Mia Nawaz Sharif, uh, the primary um, opponent of uh, Nawa- Imran Khan at the moment, uh, who also uh, was cultivated by uh, the military many years ago. And then he, of course, I mean, there's a structural, I've always argued in my work, there's a structural problem uh, in Pakistan where an all-powerful, Uh, military high command headed by the chief of army staff calls the shorts. Um, Well, uh, while uh, uh, there's a prime minister, there's a a president, um, and now there's also a Supreme Court uh, chief justice. Uh, So, I mean, you know, and and the fact that the army chief is all powerful makes the others that much uh, more uncomfortable with with what they have um, in their hands. So there's after, I mean, you know, Imran Khan was famously on the same page uh, as the military chief. Um, So it was a hybrid, quote unquote, hybrid regime, i.e. civilian and military uh, both. Uh, And we heard no end of how wonderful things were between them. And then suddenly things fell apart. Why was that? Uh, Well, I mean, I'm hearing that it was as early as 2019 uh, but certainly uh, by 2020, 2021, things had deteriorated, especially in the majority province of Punjab, uh, which is really the prize. Um, uh, I mean, it's the prize trophy in any election, uh, because without Punjab or controlling Punjab, you can't really form a government uh, at uh, the all Pakistan level. Uh, so the administration of Punjab was deemed to have been run down uh, by uh, uh, the chosen chief minister of Imran Khan. Uh, and that was not pleasing the military high command because you need to run this most important, most po- it's the dominant province. Um, well, uh, and there were other factors. I mean, there's just, I mean, there were issues of uh, Imran not being happy with appointments of key military officials, and those led to further complications. You've described, therefore, Imran Khan's prime ministership as sort of in continuity of that tradition of the military choosing its political representatives. Absolutely. 
and Imran shows that. I mean, he was quite pleased with it. I mean, he, I mean, when when he he when he did fall out uh, with the, with them and and was eventually brought down in a vote of no confidence. I mean, he kept sort of saying, "Take me <laughs> back." Uh, you know, he was, I mean, he has been angry that that the army has uh, dropped mm. him. Uh, he's not unhappy so much about military intervention in politics. I think that's what uh, he hasn't made himself clear because clearly he had no problem um, doing the deal with the military. Um, uh, which many other people, including Nawaz Sharif at this stage, will not do. I mean, you know, so there is, I mean, you know, now Nawaz Sharif by default is the person they're looking towards. Uh, but but this is a long-standing issue. So in that sense, what is happening to Imran, however sad, uh, is not novel in Pakistan. I'm interested, though, Professor Jalal, that you've also described the decade before Khan became prime minister from about 2008 to 2017 as an interlude of elected governments that was somehow different from that broader trend that you're describing. Could you sort of unpack that a little bit more for us? Well, I mean, Pakistan has been under military rule for the better part of its history, and the military has either ruled directly uh, uh, or indirectly. I mean, the military is never out of uh, the actual governance uh, of the country. Uh, but in twenty uh, in two thousand and eight, as you might recall, um, uh, I mean this was the end of Musharraf's regime. So uh, the, uh, the end of the Musharraf regime um, uh, and and the takeover by the PPP did lead to a series of legislations um, which were deemed to strengthen Parliament. I mean, Parliament has been really the weak. Um, um, uh, I mean, the weak element in the power structure because Parliament is a rubber stamping Parliament is is ignored. Um, uh, and then it can be, uh, I mean, uh, overturned, it can be sacked. Uh, so it, this was deemed, I mean, uh, the, the, the 18th Amendment in particular um, was, was seen as strengthening the Federation because more powers were granted uh, to the provinces. I mean, Pakistan is a federal uh, configuration. Uh, so that's the reason. And I mean, the other a big point was that uh, the, 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 the elected president uh, voluntarily for the first time in its history um, uh, d decided to decrease his powers uh, in favor of a parliamentary system. Uh, so I think that, uh, uh, and, and, and most importantly, 2013 uh, was the first occasion where there was a successful transfer of power in Pakistan's history, which is 76 mm. years old, um, from one elected civilian government to the other. So there were hopes that Pakistan may, I mean, you know, the problem has been that the military intervenes in politics and there's a disruption. Uh, when you disrupt politics uh, and then you re restore them, uh, there's a lot of, you know, a, a backlog that needs to be cleared out. So the hope was that if the process continued without interruption, um, things might get better. I mean, they were not necessarily better. Uh, but the idea of, I mean, that the lack of any kind of procedural regularity has been the bane of Pakistan. Um, and so there was hope that now things might sort of actually uh, be on course. Uh, but lo and behold, in 2017, Nawaz Sharif became unacceptable uh, to the then serving military generals. Uh, and he was removed uh, in very questionable, I mean, he had a majority in parliament. Uh, he was disqualified for life uh, for not uh, reporting that he was eligible to take uh, a mi minuscule sum of money as salary from his son's firm. Uh, so it was an absurd uh, disqualification on technical grounds, uh, which has uh, made people very annoyed, uh, at least uh, those not who are not supporters of Imran Khan. Um, so I think that's what happened. So and after 2017, 
um, uh, when, when Sharif was dismissed and, and uh, another prime minister was put in his place and elections in 2018 were held, um, it was clear that there was only one official narrative and that was Imran Khan. Uh, so it was a clear cut message to the electorate um, that Imran was the favored candidate uh, and the mil military generals are known to have uh, admitted as much in public and private that Imran was the choice of no single general but that he was an institutional choice. Imran Khan founded his political party, the PTI, in 1996. How functional is the PTI party without its leader and, and founder who now being in prison? I think that's an excellent question. Um, uh, I think it remains to be seen ultimately, but uh, the party is very much Imran mm. Khan. I mean, the vote bank is with Imran Khan. So I don't see, um, uh, I mean, if they decide to, um, uh, uh, you know, not. I mean, I think with, with the disqualification, I don't see how Imran is um, running in the elections. Uh, but but it's still possible that the party will not be disqualified. I personally think that it shouldn't be. Um, so it is possible. I mean, for Imran to sit it out uh, and 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 uh, uh, try and get his party uh, a good uh, position in parliament. It won't get uh, absolute majority as he wants. Uh, because Pakistan's political scene is very fragmented. Uh, but but with a presence in parliament and in Punjab's uh, uh, provincial assemblies, is not necessarily out of the game altogether, despite being disqualified. Um, uh, because, first of all, the PTI remains uh, in play. Uh, uh, if, I mean, it hasn't been formally disqualified. Um, so it, it remains to be seen. Uh, and elections are not necessarily happening anytime soon, regardless of the constitutional provision, um, on various re for various reasons, amongst which Imran's popularity is undoubtedly one of Professor them. Professor Jalal, could you explain for us Imran Khan's allegations about US involvement in his removal as Prime Minister? I suppose in terms of whether there's any substance to those claims, but also the political impact of those claims, both with the establishment and the electorate? Well, I mean, I think with the electorate, uh, an anti-establishment position, uh, as well as uh, an anti-American position sells. Um, and as a, as a populist, uh, Imran Khan judged that an anti-American narrative uh, would uh, help him a great deal with the populace. And he was right, because what I think people forget is that whilst he was uh, in the last days of office uh, as prime minister, he was extremely unpopular because he had not been able to govern effectively. Uh, so as soon as he was uh, removed after a parliamentary vote of no confidence, uh, Imran Khan started blaming the United States uh, for uh, conspiring to remove him. Uh, he has changed his stance innumerable times, suggesting that he himself did not necessarily believe that position because he has subsequently blamed the army chief uh, for not helping, for not doing anything. Uh, so, in other words, for not stopping his opponents from bringing him down. Um, but there's a lot of controversy at the moment. Obviously, he uh, uh, annoyed the military establishment even more by naming America. Uh, and now there's an ongoing cipher uh, controversy going on in which he's implicated. Um, uh, and so there's a case against him and, and several of his associates. It's a tough errand trying to pick resolutions to political conflicts in Pakistan. But do you have a sense of how this current crisis might play out in the lead up to the next election? 
Oh, I think it's going to be a, uh, it's anybody's call, but I do, I, I do fear that uh, at least the current leadership of the military is in no mood to see uh, the return of Imran Khan anytime soon, if that's even something that they are prepared to uh, anticipate. Uh, so I do think that there is a possibility of um, further trouble. Um, and ultimately, the last uh, resort will be direct military intervention, which is something that Pakistan does not need. Uh, so it is a very unfortunate scenario where political instability is uh, making it more and more difficult uh, to revive a stagnant and, um, I mean, it's a very troubled economy. Uh, so things are not looking very good. Uh, and one of the reasons for delay in elections is also said to be uh, the establishment, the military establishment's uh, concern about the economy. Uh, so I, I, I fear that uh, while I don't see Imran Khan um, being able to run for elections, uh, there may be a PTI presence, uh, but how effective that will be remains to be seen. So I I, I mean, you know, when you say it, it, the, the, the various scenarios that I can think of, the worst case scenario would be a military intervention, um, a, a, a direct takeover. A second scenario would be an election uh, that is um, won by uh, a combination of uh, nobody, nobody really wins the election, but people win enough seats to uh, call the shots and maybe a coalition government of uh, a very similar kind uh, than the one that has just uh, given up office uh, in August uh, could 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 be conceived. Um, uh, in, 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 in the uh, federal center as well as in the provinces, uh, with the PTI probably holding on to um, um, uh, KPK and maybe also doing very well in Punjab. Uh, but again, this would assume that the PTI will not be disqualified. So that's see, scenario number two. The scenario number three, the, the third scenario would be for the PTI to be disqualified. Imran already is disqualified. Um, which will mean that um, there will be other parties uh, uh, picking up seats, uh, but there are new parties in the fray um, uh, that are being encouraged by the establishment, uh, which are uh, being created out of the PTI or PTI's dissidents. Uh, so it will again be a, a fragmented parliament, uh, um, a, a meaning that there will be um, uh, uh, another government very similar to the one that has just given up office in early August. Uh, so scenario number one, uh, uh, which I said is worse, uh, military intervention. Two would be a, P a PMLN victory, a, a fairly comfortable uh, uh, victory, uh, and their ability to form a government at in, in at the center and in Punjab. And the third case scenario where the PTI, uh, because it's deemed to be um, uh, a continuing problem, uh, uh, is 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 not doing too well. Uh, or, or I mean, you know, the, the point is that the two scenario two and three are very similar. The only difference there would be whether the PTI is disqualified mm. or not. In either case, I don't see a complete elimination of the PTI on the horizon. Asha Jalal, thank you so much for speaking with us on Sunday Extra. Well, thank you. It's good Asha to be Asha Jalal you. is the Mary Richardson Professor of History at Tufts University. And in 2016, she was described by Pakistan's ambassador to the UN as the greatest historian Pakistan has produced. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.